Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. All right, Brother Caleb, you come on up here. This is my little brother. He's the pastor of, I almost said Russell Springs Baptist Church, Grace Baptist Church in Russell Springs, Kentucky. Been there what? Six years? Going on six years. Going on eight. Going on eight years. Eight in January. Eight in January. So he's been there for a little while. Amen. And the uh, Lord's done a great work for them out there, and it's a blessing to have him with us. Amen. I know I've made a lot of jokes about it, about him in the past. I'm just kidding. I'm it's just not hard. To, it's not. But he's a blessing, and he's the Lord's man. Amen. He's going to give you what the Lord's put in his heart, so you grab your Bible, follow along with him, and let the Lord speak to you. Amen. This thing on, Amen. All right, go ahead and flip with me to Exodus chapter three. Um, boy, it is amazing sometimes to take a look at what what God's done. Our choir sings a song. Look, what God has done for you, and see what He has brought you through, and it's pretty much amazing. And uh, we're pretty much really, really, really unworthy. Amen. And uh, I am thrilled to be here. I love my brother. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's just wild to know what, uh, what, you've, what you've seen happen throughout time. And so for those of you that maybe aren't aware, you know, growing up under our dad as pastor... Uh, you know, we were preacher's kids, and that's a whole nother ball game. It is. Uh, it's fun. It's a blast. And uh, there's a lot of experiences that come with it. And when uh, your pastor was about 18, 19 years old, he stepped into the position as youth pastor. And so uh, then I, I got to experience what it's like to be the brother of your youth pastor. <laughs> And so him being 18, 19, that made me about 14 or 15. And I was the thorn in his side. I'll just tell you. Uh, and he would be glad to talk to you about it if you'd like more details after church. We won't go into much, but uh, there were many times that he just had to just look at me and say, shut up. You know what I mean? Uh, and I had to learn, man, he's not just my brother. He's now uh, in my authority, and that was not a hard, or that was not an easy lesson for me to learn. Uh, it took a while, and it took, uh, it took uh, the pastor, old daddy, to step in at times and get my attention. But uh, uh, Calvary Road, I want you to know, uh, it's amazing that the Lord has done what he's done and allowing my brother to be here. You've got a fine pastor. And he, uh, he's, he's just got the whole package. And I mean that. Like, Brother Paul's a brain. And he, he's, he's, he's got some natural ability that God's blessed him with when it comes to studying and, and being 
uh, uh, faithful in that. That's wonderful. And I mean, have you heard him play the piano? My goodness. Sickening. Man. And, uh, and he sings like a bird. I just got all the looks. Amen. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, I, I hope you know the blessing of, of having a preacher here that is more committed to this than uh, the notoriety or fame. Um, because Paul had some people that chased him and wanted him to be this and that. And uh, I'll say this as well as I look around. Uh, y'all got a fine preacher and your preacher's got a fine church. You know, where we come from, I'm just taking my time. We okay? Where we come from, there ain't no such thing as independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist churches hardly. They're mostly missionary, they belong to association, and they don't even know what they believe. And I say that with the utmost respect. There's good men and good preachers over there. But growing up, you know, me and Paul's multiple times had conversations about, you know, man, if we ever become pastor, we're going to have to try to pull a church out of an association and try to fight that battle. And Dad went through that at the church that we growed up in. And, man, it's amazing that the Lord would open doors. You know, the church I pastor was independent when I got there and settled on the vast majority of the truths that, that, that you know, I believed as pastor. And it wasn't a hard transition. And then, and then this, it's just... It's a blessing. It's a blessing to see God bring the two together, Brother Paul and Calvary Road. And I want to try to help you. I want to try to be a blessing to you. We're in Exodus chapter 3. I told you that. And uh, I, want to, I want you to keep your Bibles open. Go with me a couple places here. And I'm going to try to do uh, my best uh, to uh, trust the Lord because I have an impossible feat uh, which every time a man stands to preach God's Word, it's impossible for him to do justice to it outside of the help and touch of an almighty God. And so uh, this evening I am I'm pretty humbled by what I believe the Lord's will is to preach, and I want it to be a blessing to you. In, Mo, in, in Exodus 3, uh, you guys are familiar with Moses. I mean, he's probably uh, one of, if not the biggest name, uh, in the Jewish people's heritage, when you went to dropping the name Moses around a Jew, man, uh, you had their attention. And Moses here is talking to God in a burning bush. Y'all are familiar. And there in verse 11, it says, Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, that I should uh, bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? It's funny how that he's speaking to the creator of the universe, and he's talking about how he's unworthy to talk to some peon Pharaoh that really ain't nothing in the scheme of things. Are y'all with me? Y'all see what we're, where we're at here? And Moses is looking at this Pharaoh like he's some great something, and he's talking to a burning bush that the voice of God's coming out of. Isn't it crazy how foolish we can be in our simple, humanistic minds? Look at verse 12. And he said, Certainly I'll be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? It's a good question, Moses. 
Look what God says in verse 14. God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Let's flip over to the book of John chapter 8. Moses is talking to God here, and Moses is, again, trying to uh, have a name, a title that he wants to give them. And this title that Moses was given by God uh, there in Exodus chapter 3, as you saw, uh, is <laughs> he uses some phraseology there that, you know, our common English vernacular is not really accustomed to. He didn't say, I am who I am. He said, I am uh, that I am. And uh, uh, there in verse 15, I didn't read this, but while y'all flip to John chapter 8, in verse 15, he tells him, he says, this is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. And here in John chapter 8, Lord Jesus is uh, being addressed and being approached, and, and he's speaking in regards to uh, Abraham after having been asked about Abraham. And he looks at those Jews, and he tells them there in verse 58, Verily, verily, I say unto you, notice, before Abraham was, I am. Amen. And see, the Lord Jesus here in John chapter 8 knew very well that by using those words, they knew what he was saying. And he was informing them not only that he existed before Abraham, but that he existed before Abraham as God. Amen, amen. And that title of I am uh, throughout the scriptures continues. Flip with me to Hebrews chapter number 11. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 11. And I want you to look at another verse. We've got a couple more to go. Just bear with me. It's good to go through God's word and to see the entire counsel of the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11, of course, you all know, is the uh, hall of faith. And, and there's much to be said about faith throughout this passage. And there in verse 6 is a wonderful verse. It says, without faith it is impossible to please Him. If you're not believing and trusting in God in your walk of, of, of Christianity today, you're not pleasing God, okay? That's just a fact. It's impossible, the Bible says, without faith to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe, notice, that He is. It says that must, they must believe that He is. Well, that He is what? No, listen. They must believe that, that He is. So it must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. There in the book of Revelation chapter 1, you don't have to flip there, but I'll read it. He said there, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, which is, what he say in Hebrews? Must believe that He is. Which is, which was, which is to come, the, capital A, Almighty. Today I'm going to try to preach on the great I am a little bit. And I'm not sure exactly how this will land on your heart and soul, but I, this is just where I'm at. And uh, man, when God gives you something, you just, I'm not smart enough to try to argue with Him. I'm just being honest. And, and uh, I, I feel led to do this, and, and I believe it's His will. When you consider this title of I am, I'll be honest with you, if I was God 
And Moses got to asking me, what's your name? There's a lot of names that comes to my mind outside of I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, I heard one guy the other day reference God as the, quote, general manager of existence. And I was like, that sounds pretty, that sounds pretty important, amen? You know, I, I'd probably use something like creator or savior or master or father, the great shepherd, the author and finisher, teacher, meditator, or excuse me, mediator. I, there's a lot of titles that I would probably have rather used because I'm not near as smart as God is. Somebody say amen. But God, here in this verse and passage, what we have found is in His all-knowing wisdom and understanding, He gave Moses this title of I am that I am. Now, in our English vernacular and such, uh, and growing up all my life, that, that always bothered me. I'm like, why did he say it like he said it? This doesn't make sense to me. And as you study and you try to dig deeper into uh, your scriptures, you'll find out that this title of I Am has been translated from the Hebrew Tetragrammaton. Okay, amen. Tetragrammaton. And the Tetragrammaton is four letters without vowels. Y-H-W-H. And, uh, you know, throughout time and throughout history, that, that's not a word that we simply know how to utter, honestly in our own understanding. And so what did they do? Well, they added an A between the YH and they added an E between the WH. And so y'all have heard it probably said that he is Yahweh. And again, that's by adding those vowels to those consonants because uh, we're just simply trying to utter this word uh, in a way that makes sense to our mind. And when you study the Tetragrammaton, you study YH. W-H, what you find is you find that this word simply means this. It means to be or to exist. Some have even said that it means existence itself. That God is more than, than to say He uh, simply exists. It, it's that He is existence. Amen. That without Him... Uh, there is no existence. And, and so we see this title that the Lord gave Moses. It bore some very heavy and weighty truths uh, to our mind. Uh, it means the being of beings. It means uh, being without ever having come into being. Amen. Because we know he never had a start date and he never has an end date. The God that we serve is and always will be. He is eternity. Amen. That's the God that you and I serve today. And in this title, I've got a handful of things I want you to see that we can find that is true about His name. I want you to realize, first of all, that I Am uh, reveals His excellent person. I said it reveals His Excellent person. You say, what do you mean? It is incorrect for us to say, listen to me, that God will be whatever you want Him to be. Let me tell you something, friend. It's incorrect for us to say to somebody, God will be whatever you want Him to be. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And see, He is. And that's just all there is to it. And so when we come into knowledge and understanding of Him, He does not change for us, but rather, hallelujah, look here, hey, He changes us 
for him. Amen. And when I come into contact with him, he wasn't the one that had to make the change. He wasn't the one that had to correct the wrongs. He wasn't the one that had to fix what he was to make me feel better. No, listen to me. He went into me and he started changing me. And the Bible said, hey, that when you got saved, that you became a new creature. That old things were passed away and behold, all things become new. And so what we realize with this title of I Am is we realize that he has an excellent person. He's not the one that makes a change for us. We're the ones that are changed by him for him. Amen. Amen. That ideology comes straight out of this modern movement in our day and age. That you can have a God that is whoever you want him to be. And it's not the God of the Bible. It's just not. Amen. Amen. In this title of I Am, we see his excellent person in that he is autonomous. He is independent. He is immutable. He abides forever. He is amazing. He is amazing. He ever amazes those uh, uh, that come to know him in his all wonder and wonderful person. Do you know what wonderful means? There in the book of Isaiah it is, I believe chapter 9, it may be 6. Isaiah writes and calls him, capital W, wonderful. What's that mean? That means he's full of wonder. That means you just constantly see God and see what God's doing and hear how God's changing and affecting people's lives and you just have to step back in wonder and awe at who and what God is and what He's doing. Here in this passage, we see again His excellent person. It is not that God is whatever you want or need Him to be, but rather He is. And we are responsible to receive Him and to come to understand Him for who he is. He stands alone without any rival, without any competitor. You know, in this life, there's a lot of rivals and competitors. I think about in the automobile industry, you've got your Fords and Chevys, and God help, I'm driving a God-forsaken Ram. I don't really know what to think about that, but that's what I got. Amen. In the football world, you got Peyton Manning and uh, Tom Brady. And my brother and I are big Peyton Manning fans, in case you were wondering. You want to know what to get him? Get him something with Manning on it. He'll like it. Amen. In politics, you've got Reagan and Roosevelt. In space, you've got Armstrong and Shepard. In the pulpit, you've got Spurgeon and Moody. In music, you've got Bach and Beethoven, Crosby and Wesley. In war, Napoleon and Alexander the Great. Sports, I think of Manning and Brady. I think of Jordan and LeBron. You've got to be a millennial to think that LeBron's better than Jordan. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Ruth and Mays. But there ain't nobody you say with God. He has no rival. He's excellent in his person. You've never met anybody like him or heard anybody like him. He's excellent. He ain't, he can't get no better, amen. And he's the best that there is. That's God. We see this statement, I am, it reveals his excellent person. We also see that it reinforces his eternal presence. His eternal presence. He says, I am. That means he'll always be and he always has been. We see his self-sufficiency and his self-existence. 
He has what He needs to never ever cease to exist. His ability and His power and His authority never wavers. It's as much as there can possibly be and it is without measure and it is without end. He is self-exalted. He is at the top eternally. Nobody will ever, nobody will ever uh, uh, raise themselves up higher than He is. Lucifer attempted to and was cast down from His position. There will never be, nor has there ever been any entity ever elevate themselves higher than He has has exalted himself to be. He is self-sustaining forever without any need of an outside source to give him power or energy to continue. God has what he needs to exist forever, eternally. We see his eternal presence in the statement, I am. I am. So in this understanding, we also see his position in regards to time. You know what the world would have you to do today? The world would have you to bend your knee to the God of time. It's what their, their whole existence revolves around time. Now they've accredited time with existence itself. And what do you find them doing? You find them adding millions and millions and now billions and billions and trillions of years trying to explain evolution. They'll never have enough time to explain away creation by evolution. It's become their God. It's become their excuse for existence. And the fact remains that God created time in His excellent person and His eternal presence. You see, God stands, listen to me now, God stands in time and out of time and at every point throughout time, listen to me, all at the same time. That's where He is. You say, where's God? He's everywhere. He's everywhere at every moment in time. He's everywhere outside of time. There's not a place or time or moment in existence, listen to me now, that God's not there. I think about throughout the Scriptures at this moment, listen to me, at this moment, at this very moment that we are here gathered together, God is across this entire globe there in His existence, fully aware of what's going on and fully involved with what's going on. At this exact moment in time, listen to me, He's hovering over the seas there in Genesis chapter 1 where the Bible said that God in His Spirit descended upon the seas and He began to speak everything into existence across this entire world right now at this very moment he's there and he's here right now in this moment he's speaking to Moses here at this fiery burning bush in the scriptures he's at the furnace there with those Hebrew boys standing where Nebuchadnezzar said I see four and we only throw three God is in that fiery furnace with them right now at this time with those Hebrew boys he's hanging on the cross there on Calvary's hill listen Listen to me, as the Son of God, Jesus Christ, giving everything so that you and I might be saved in this very moment. That's where God is. He's there at the empty tomb when Mary and Martha and Peter and John and all of them that came to see his tomb and to anoint him or, or at least pay credence to him after that third day rather. Jesus is there when he looked at Mary and he said, Mary, and she looked at him and she said, Rabbi, hallelujah, listen to me. 
right now, because of who he is, he's just as much there as he is here. Right now, God is at every point in time and out of time. Right now, listen to me. He's standing. And he look. <laughs> Woo, look here. Hey, I'm talking about time and how that God is at every point in time, not just in eternity past. But I think about the future. Right now, Jesus is already there, and he's descended from heaven, and he's reaped his harvest. And there at the battle of Armageddon, look here, the blood is at the horse's bridle, and he destroyed the armies and nations of the world with the sword of his mouth. And according to the scriptures, he descends, and his foot touches the Mount of Olives. And when it touches that mountain, the Bible said, hey, that that mountain splits in twain, and he strolls into Jerusalem from the eastern gate over top of those rotten, sorry Muslim graves. And he sets up his throne there in Jerusalem and becomes the king of kings. You say, how do you know, Brother Caleb? Because if he was there in eternity past, he's already there in eternity future. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about the God who is eternally present no matter at what point in time. Right now, 1820, Gabe Perkins Road. There was a seven-year-old boy. He bought him a brand new pocket knife. He nicked his finger. He got under a load of conviction because he thought he was going to die bleeding all his blood out. Right now. <laughs> Little seven-year-old Caleb Shirley bowed down on a sofa in the middle of nowhere. And guess who showed up that night? I am showed up. <laughs> hey, the same one that touches the Mount of Olives, the same one that hung on that cross, the same one that spoke everything into existence, showed up in my life, convicted my soul of my lost estate, and saved me, and he's there just as much as he is here. He was there, and he's all there at the, all the points, all at the same time. That's the God we serve. You say, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but look here, hey, I know who holds tomorrow. Well, how do you know who holds tomorrow, Brother Caleb? Because he's done there. That's who he is. He's in the tomorrow. You don't have to worry about tomorrow because your God's done there and already seen it. This title of I Am. We see his excellent person. We see his eternal presence. I'm almost done. Y'all okay? Don't throw your shoes at me. Amen. Look like George Bush up here. Y'all remember them throwing them shoes at him? Amen. Hey, we also see it relates his enormous power. Not another being in the world or in existence has the ability, authority, accountability to give themselves such a title. Did you hear me? You can call yourself I am. But you ain't. Amen. <laughs> you ain't. But see, he, he has the authority. He has the ability. He has the accountability. So what do you mean? He can stand by what he said. He is. Best of all, what about his availability as I am? You say, I don't know if God wants to fool with me. Hey, I don't know if God's got time for somebody like me. How many of y'all have ever... Went back to God over and over and over. 
over the same old problem. I remember a day I was beat up about issues that I was having. And I went to God in prayer and I said, oh God. And I got to thinking about how he's probably tired of me just coming back to him about the same old problem. And it was as if the Holy Spirit began to breathe into me some wonder and that God ain't never got tired. And He's always available. And it don't matter how tired I am with my problems, God's never tired of me bringing my problems to Him. Our troubles are no trouble for Him. This is His enormous power. It said we must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of them. Notice that diligently seek Him. You know what diligence is? It's that, it's that McCamey's used to sing a song, keep on keeping on. Amen? That's you just, just keeping on. Just not quitting. Just, just keeping on. That's importunity as the Lord spoke about. Where you just keep on coming back to Him. Because you know, hey, He's able. And not only that He's able, but He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. See, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what all's going on in your life. I don't know how your marriage is. Amen. I don't know how your, your children are doing. Maybe somebody in here has got some prodigals. I, I really don't know. I know my brother. I know him and his wife. I know, I know them. But honestly, most of y'all, I don't really have as much understanding about you, just to be honest. But it really don't matter what I know about you because this I do know. And hey, as the preacher of the hour, I'm here to tell you something. He's got the ability. He's got the authority. And he's got the accountability today uh, in his enormous power that is without end, that is without measure to answer your problems today. Amen. And the fact that you, a little old nothing like you and me, uh, can get down on our knees and submit ourselves to Him, hey, and speak to Him, and His ear not be so heavy uh, that He cannot hear, hey, or His arm not be so short that He cannot reach down and do something in our life is unbelievable to the believer. And the fact remains that we need to continue uh, to maintain a comprehension. And that is this. He's got the power and the ability and the authority to answer our need. This morning at Grace Baptist Church, I preached a little bit about Thomas. And you know that's always fun, amen. You know, we call him Doubting Thomas. Thomas wasn't guilty of doubting. John the Baptist doubted. John the Baptist sitting in a prison cell, the forerunner of Christ. That voice crying from the wilderness. Look here, hey, the chosen of God, John the Baptist, that baptized the Savior, is sitting in a prison cell and sends some men saying, I just need you to make sure he's the one. That's doubting. Thomas wasn't guilty of doubting. You know what he was guilty of? Unbelief. You know what unbelief is? A refusal to believe. Well, I'll not believe until I see it. Or I'll not believe because they've got what I want and they shouldn't have what I want. And I'll not, I'll not, I'll not trust in God for this because 
of how hard it's been for me to, to do what I've done thus far. You know what it is? It's rebellion. It's pride. Amen. It's wicked. Hallelujah. And we've got a lot of people today, listen to me, saved, saved believers in Christ that are shaking a finger of accusation at Him today, saying, God, it ain't right. And I will not believe because you won't do what I think you should do as if we are the I am. As if we know better than Him. As if we're the ones with the power. Child of God today, it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. And how dare we refuse to believe? We need to be like that one that said, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Where my flesh, hey, where my pride rears its head and starts trying to convince me that it ain't worth it and that I should do this or I should do that. God, help me to kill my flesh and turn from my thoughts and my pride and my rebellion and my refusal to believe. Don't you know Moses' faith was bettered by understanding this self-proclamation title of God? Not only do we see this relates his enormous power, not only reinforces his eternal presence, it reveals his excellent person. Lastly, it's recited by every person. It's recited by every person. I want to tell you something that I, I've come across that's amazed me. In reference to that tetra. Grammaton, according to some rabbis and scholars, it's closely related to breath. As I previously mentioned, YHWH is the Hebrew word, and an A and an E was added to attempt to make it easier to pronounce the word. But many have wondered and come to believe, listen to me now, that the tetragrammaton, the YHWH, is uttered by the sound of breath. Inhaling and exhaling. And as I heard that, I thought to myself, well, it sounds great, but God, now, I just don't know how, how much we can just believe that. And so I started to look at the Scriptures and I came to the passage of Psalm 34.1 where David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall, shall continually be in my mouth. In Psalm 156, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And as I began to see this and, and come to understand it, I thought to myself, could it be that the first sound that we ever produce when we exit the womb of our mother is the very name of God Himself? Could it be that every waking moment of every living thing that breathes is uttering the name of their Creator at all times? Could it be that it doesn't matter whether you are 
Jew, Gentile, whether you are a, a Christian or Muslim or, or God forbid, Buddhist or, or God forbid, look here, hey, an atheist who denies the very existence of God, could it be uh, that just maybe every single time you draw air in your lungs uh, and out of your lungs that, hey, that started when God breathed on Adam there in Genesis chapter 2 that the very breath that we breathe is uttering this name of I am. Amen. And that whether you want to or not, you are in some capacity just simply by existing and being alive, uh, giving Him some praise without even being conscious of it. Amen. And could it be that in order for you to stop doing that, you'd have to stop breathing and die. And that the only way for an individual, whether you like it or not, to exist is for you to utter His name by breathing. Amen. Let me just tell you something. If I was God, it's what I'd do. Amen. <laughs> Come on, am I right about it? I mean, I'm talking about it don't matter. Like it, lump it, jump it, bump it. Hey, you're going to say his name no matter what, even in, even in when you don't even know you're doing it. Amen. Boy, that sounds like the right title. Yes, sir. I am. Say, Brother Shirley, we're looking for revival. What kind of message is this? Well, I'll just be honest with you. I think we need to look at him a little different than we do. Amen. I don't think we look at him like we ought to. He's not this bro dude God. He's not your boyfriend. He's not just uh, you know some you know pick me up when you need me and outside of that do your own thing. But I'll be here when you look here now. He is the I am. And he always has been. He always will be. And how foolish of us to ever get to the place where we don't look at him in his proper light and proper context. Every time you breathe, may it be you are uttering his name. Here's my question to you. Now how many times are you doing it on purpose? Huh? How many times are you talking to him in his proper context? When's the last time you got before God with a holy wonder that he would even talk to you or be with you or save you? Man, I'm nothing today. I'm a big old pile of nothing. You know what He is? That's exactly right. Amen. He is. Do you believe that? You say, yeah, Brother Caleb, I believe that. Yeah, Lord, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that, Brother Caleb. Well, praise the Lord. Does He know that you know that? Because I'm going to be honest with you. He knows you better than you know you. Maybe it is that you need to spend some time with Him Remind you and Him that He is to you. Let's stand to our feet.
Paul, you want to have a song? You want to come? Why don't you come up here? Let's all stand. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.